Welcome to episode 252. I am your host, Alpha Mike. We are transmitting higher top of Florida's peninsula, 108 feet. Today's episode, The Concrete Business, as we continue into the Lucchese Crime Family Files and the Wise Guys series. That will continue all the way to the end of the year. We still got a lot to cover on the Lucchese Crime Family, but... This episode is going to deal with four of the five families in New York and the construction business. How do you get in contact with us? It's real easy. Radacop.com or to your website where you can hear all our podcasts, all our episodes from number one and beyond. RadarCopNation.com is our official website where you can get more information on us, upcoming shows, gossip, what in the hell are they doing? That's the place you want to go. Social media, we're on everything with the exception of LinkedIn. We're not on that. We went back on Twitter, the little bird, and the reason for that is, well, what in the hell are all the conservatives doing there? And uh, our local governments. They're, everybody's communicating on Twitter like nothing ever happened. So, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. We, of course, are on a new platform. And uh, we, it, it launched, I believe, in July, but it was a kind of a light type of setting. So I said, well, uh, I'm not, you know, we went through Frank's speech, same thing. So I said, you know, we'll, we'll wait before we jump on there. But it's Getter. And uh, supposedly it's part of the Trump 45 network. But we're on there. You can find us in, as Raider Cop Nation. Believe it or not, some old man stole Raider Cop. But we are there as Raider Cop Nation. And you can find us there. So, we've got a couple of announcements on our September lineup. Let's get to that first, and then we're going to talk about season number five that's coming up. You blink twice, and then all of a sudden you look around and you notice, what in the world? Season number five? How the hell did we get there? But I can tell you one thing. We got there fast, quick, and in a hurry. This episode is number 252, and... It's called The Concrete Business. Episode 253, uh, Staccato 2011, is a 2,000, 2,500, 2,800, $3,000, $3,700 gun worth it. Staccato 2011, we're going to talk about that. Episode 254, and a critical gun battle, Survival with Kilo Sierra. That title will change as we get closer to the date, but um, I recently contacted uh, Kilo Sierra, and he's a go on our recording, and uh, we'll, we'll take it from there as far as uh, putting on the website what the actual name of the course is going to be. It's exciting. It's a, it's a course... Uh, that if you're going to be in a gun battle, you're going to want to learn because it will give you a 
huge success rate over your opponent that has probably never taken that course. So that's episode 254 with Kilo Sierra. 255 is coming up September 22nd, and that's the squad leader, the importance of a leader of every squad. Episode 256, The Last Days, and that is part of the A-World series, and that's on the 26th of September. We, we kind of close out uh, that Sunday with uh, the word. Then we go into episode 257, uh, excuse me, yeah, 257, and that's going to be Critical Issues in Policing, September 29th. Now, and then we roll into October. There is a schedule for October, uh, but I'm not going to read the numbers. I'm just read the titles. The woke, the woke sheriff, one big happy family in jail. The changing of the guard. Open, open the book. Tumac, safe, clear, and empty drills. The independent thinker. Uh, Sig P320. Uh, command and Feedback, Reserve Police Force for America, and number three, October 31st, Trick or Treat, Last Days, number 267. So, uh, you know, of course, October could be kind of rearranged, but September, hopefully, we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed carved in stone. All right. Season five, fast approach. Now, have you, you know, you probably heard these podcasts that are out there, and they'll do like eight, nine, six and a half episodes, and then they'll all of a sudden disappear for a month. And then, then you hear this crazy stuff about <clears throat> season two coming. But uh, when is the season? Well, I don't know about them, but I know what I'm doing. My season starts January 1 and it ends December 31st. That's what that works. And in 2022, which would be January 1st of 2022, we start season number five for Radio Cop Podcast. That's a, that, that's a long time and we're up to right now uh, 252 episodes. So we're bringing it out there. We're also going to change our platform somewhat for the season five. And that's going to include, we're going to uploading only Wednesdays. The Sunday portion is going to be left probably one to two episodes that month for The Word. And uh, the reason we're doing that is because we're going to get back into some real quality type of... Uh, when I mean quality, I'm talking about research and so forth that goes into the episodes. And uh, we're also going to start bringing in guests. Now, I, I'm not going to do this. We're having a guest once a week. I'd rather be... I'd rather jump off a roof headfirst, handcuffed behind my back to, to get into that because, I mean, you're dealing with headaches and the other person's schedule and 
Uh, where are you at? West Coast? Oh, my God, three hours difference. Let me figure this out. Where's the calculator? That kind of thing. Not looking forward to that. So we're going to be doing six to eight episodes in 2022. That's it. It's that simple. We're going to bring people on. I don't even know who they're going to be. I haven't even started that process. But we're going to bring them on. And it'll be relevant to, of course, what we deal with. And we'll discuss it as we get closer to that. This summer, we had human trafficking kind of pulled back on that a little bit because that's an area that I just gave about the West Coast. One of the primary reasons you didn't hear this summer, three-hour difference, and we couldn't get together on the schedule to do this. So summer's a busy time for a lot of people. And uh, I, I, I just said, okay, let me just pull back on this and just introduce the interview portion of Radio Cop Podcast on a, not a regular basis. You're not going to see this every week. Six to eight interviews for 2021. I'm not, there's no way I'm going to sit there and pound my head dealing with someone else's schedule. So that's coming up. It's going to, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. So, you know, keep um, focused on what we're doing. Right now we have roll call. It deals with pretty much the day-to-day operations of law enforcement, the Buccaneers series. Buccaneers is a word replaces Patriot because if you use that word too much, you'll get canned off uh, everything out there. And the Wise Guy series deals with uh, Mafia, Costa Nostra, and uh, guns, of course, you guessed it, it deals with guns. So that's that's our platform, and we're going to start rolling on that, and we'll try to get you one interview per, per, you know, per platform that we have we'll work on that so not you to worry your pretty little head about we'll figure all those details out and kind of tell you now we're up to the three depressing stories from the bipolar uncle at 1600 pennsylvania avenue let's get the clown he's uh, ready and we're going to go ahead and play that real quick and get to the joke of the week. So let's do it. Tasha called the servants of the mental with her bipolar uncle. Uh, bipolar. Our first story takes us to Uncle Joe as he addressed the nation the other day to tell all Americans that he's had enough. His patience is dried up. He will not tolerate this. He even squinted and he whispered, basically, one of those get off my lawn moments and he told 80 million Americans if they don't get vaccinated before sundown it's on people are wondering what in the hell but as constitutional scholars are scratching their head wondering does he know what country he lives in Uncle Joe is basically saying He's going to go out and get all those Republican governors and he's going to uh, take out his crayons and cardboard box and do something. We don't know exactly what he's going to do. And those 80 million are going to get the shot one way or another. 
because. And he also told us some other interesting stuff that we'll talk about in our second story. Our second story takes us to the United States Postal Worker Union that recently called Uncle Joe at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue in the Oval Office just before the goof got to the microphone to address the nation and they said, hey, psst, you want that campaign money? Yeah, well, 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 guess what? My union people are not going to get no vaccine. Oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. So union or, yes, union uh, postal workers will not be mandated to get the vaccine. That's only for you simple Americans. So let's do the list. Don't have to take it. U.S. Postal Service. Illegal immigrants. Check, check. 80 million by sundown or else. Okay. And our third story takes us to the Larry, Curly, and Moe aspect where we found just this Saturday a bunch of superhero villains had gone to the memorial of the World Trade Center to celebrate the 20th memorial 20th anniversary of the Twin Towers in the city of New York. There they were. Could have been confused with Larry Curley and Moe, but they were a little bit more than just three. Well, you see, we had baffling Uncle Joe. He was online. We had Barry. We had Bill. Also, next to Bill was Killery, The Dude, and Dr. Sist. They were all there. The villain superheroes that attended in New York City in the confines of the World Trade Center as they babbled something about how heartfelt they feel about what occurred. After Uncle Joe delivered the biggest gift ever given any terrorist in world history, $86 billion in U.S. taxpayer money, military arms. Thanks. Thanks, Joe. And Barry, I know you helped out too. Yes, you can't make this stuff up. But I can tell you one thing, that our villains missed a golden opportunity to visit the firehouse and New York City Police Department's precinct, like 45 did, to a standing ovation from the police and fire department. Yeah, sure. Sure, Uncle Joe got more than 80 million votes. Sure. And that wraps up this week's three depressing stories as the tyrant Uncle Joe tells all Americans you'll vaccinate and like it and shut up. Postal workers don't have to have it because, just because, and the last story, the clown circus showed up for the 20th anniversary to rub it in every 
hard-working American's face. There he was, babbling Joe, Barry, Bill, Killery, the dude, and Dr. Sis. What are you going to do? So it's time now to play out that music because we're time to get into the tempo of the joke of the week. I know you, you were really cracking up from last week, so I got another one for you. All right, so here we go. I couldn't figure out why the baseball kept on getting larger. And then it hit me. <laughs> well, one of the clowns thought it was funny. So here we go, episode 252. We're going to set up for this. We're getting a short bus ready. The concrete business, part of the wise guy series and the file of the Lucchese crime family. So I'm looking to see. Let's see what the clown is doing. He's trying to get organized over there. Where the hell are you going? Back it up. Uh, all right, we're ready. We're almost ready. Episode 252, The Concrete Business. Today, we're going to open up the files of the Lucchese crime family, and we're going to look at an additional three other families out of the five families and the concrete business. Now, it also was known as something else, and we'll get into that in a second. One of the families, because they didn't follow some of the rules, they couldn't be part of the, the game in the concrete business. So let's go over the outline like we do now. Uh, we are going to look at, first up, uh, we are going to look at the early history of the concrete business or the construction business. Number two is the creation of the concrete club. Number three, the five families, Banano, Colombo, Gambino, Genovese, and Lucchese. Number four, how it works. Number five, four families will get 2% on every contract over $2 million, but not the bananas. Number six, Ralph Scopo of the Colombo family running the concrete shop. Number seven, Tony Duck, Sal Avellino, waste hall business and rounding it off with number eight other construction control now the early history of the construction and the, and and what we're talking about today the concrete business can be traced back to the inception of what we call Costa Nostra and that's 1931 now, it wasn't as organized as we're going to look at 
at that in a, in a minute how it was organized and how it would make uh, Colstra Nostra, the families, much more money. It was more uh, Fortune 500-ish, pretty much. That's what I'm trying to say. And it was a constant flow of money from the early beginnings that it was rough. Now, back in the early history of Costa Nostra, uh, the five families would like to get involved in construction, labor rackets, and, and, and so forth. As we know, they, they would develop into huge monopolies. But before the organization aspect, a family would control a construction company, and that construction company was with that specific family for protection with the union and the availability of front jobs and so forth. The construction company's best interest was to hook up with a family. But it also came into a lot of rivalries. So sometime during the probably the 30s or, or late 30s or early 40s, it was started to become a little bit more organized with an official bidding process. Now, during that bidding process, there was the wink and nod and the Costa Nostra the families would earn from the wing and the nod. Now, construction, of course, back in the early days wasn't the huge monopoly that it would turn into because everything in the 30s and 40s was either relatively cheap or uh, not available because of the Second World War. So families, the criminal element in New York knew that it would be a steady flow of income uh, and slowly balloon into what it would, but uh, that wasn't going to happen overnight. The five families would create what's called the Concrete Club. This was to avoid specific families that had rule or jurisdiction over certain unions. So, for example, if I had a union of garbage and I controlled that specific industry, even though you were doing construction there, you had to haul the garbage out of there and that one little garbage union could kind of freeze your whole construction project. So we get a little testy, a little demanding to get these envelopes and get them up quickly. The other reason why the Concrete Club was created was because mafia bosses, especially the ones, uh, the boss all the way at the top, they wanted their envelope like yesterday. They didn't want to wait. They didn't want to go through a process. So they created the Concrete Club. Now, recently, Sammy Gravano, Sammy the Bull, on his podcast slash YouTube channel, 
spoke about the Concrete Club in the early beginnings and how Paul Castellano gave him the permission and actually picked him to sit on one of the first meetings in organizing the Concrete Club. And instead of Castellano going, he chose to send Sammy because Sammy was into construction. He was a soldier at the time. When he got there, there was nothing but bosses. Now, there's two elements to the construction business or the concrete business. It's either the boss, the guy all the way on the top, needs to know every movement that's happening with the concrete business and construction because it's more money in their pocket. Or they'll bring down a soldier and say, all right, this is your new gig you're going to control. By and large, the majority of the families were just greedy, and so it went all the way up to the boss. But in this specific incident that Sammy was talking about, Paul Castellano had sent Sammy. Sammy was a little nerve-wracking for him because he was meeting real uh, legends in Costa Nostra, bosses. He met Tony Dux Corallo, the boss of the Lucchese crime family. He met Fat Tony Solano, which was the boss of the Genovese family, even though it was later discovered he was a front boss, but nevertheless, he was a boss. And it was intimidating to Sammy. He was only a, a soldier representing the interest of the Gambino family. And the Bananos were not allowed had to be part of the concrete club because of the issue with an FBI agent that infiltrated the Bonanno family for seven years and almost got made. And as a result of that, the Bonannos were thrown off the commission. So anything that involved all families, the Bonannos were not allowed to be a part of <coughs> because they... they kind of messed that up, you know? FBI agents, seven years, almost got made. Yeah, so they put them in a doghouse. So here they are. They create the the club. Uh, Sammy goes back, reports to Paul Castellano, says, I think everybody's going to get pinched. Paul pats him on the back and says, thanks a lot, Sammy. I got something else for you to do, but I just wanted to get your take on it. Paul Castellano wasn't going to stop it because he wasn't the majority in the vote. He already had uh, four families, uh, actually three, that were allowed to play, and one was put on the sidelines. So him saying no, they were just going to outdo him, and he was never going to get any money in construction. So Paul Castellano jumped in in the concrete business. So here are the five families. We discussed it. Banana, Colombo, Gambino, Genovese, Lucchese. Banana would get removed because of their indiscretions with an FBI agent amongst their ranks, Donnie Brasco, which later became a movie with Al Pacino. And um, as a result of that incident that occurred, the Banano family was thrown off the commission or any other dealings, 
with other families. So ostracized. They were just, you know, pushed down the road pretty much. So how does it work? Well, the bid system was still in place, but here you're going to have six bidding companies. Of course, one of the companies would get the nod. It was a small pool. It only existed those six, six companies. So one of them was going to get the, the nod. The, the families, the Costa Nostra families, all had uh, some type of connection to those six bidding companies, either by way of the unions or by way of a piece of the action. But nevertheless, this was an absolute for Costa Nostra to make money. Now, once the bid was entered, one would win. Everybody would kind of know who was going to win. And 2% of that contract, so let's say you're building huge high-rise that costs $500 million, 2% of that, uh, or any contract over $2 million, would be divvied up between the remaining families. Now, in this case, that would mean Colombo, Gambino, Genovese, and Lucchese, because the Bananos, remember, got kicked out. Now, Ralph Scopo, which was a soldier in the Colombo family, was chosen by the Concrete Club and the four families to run the operation or run the concrete shop. The reason for that is Ralph Scopo was um, executive on the concrete union. So they weren't going to reinvent the wheel on this one. The Columbos had the concrete union. Ralph Scopo was that representative. Then he's going to be in all these deals, anything going over $2 million and Scopo was going to make sure that each family got their cut. Tony Ducks Corallo and Sal Lavellino also would be a good uh, majority. They would get good majority of these contracts as well because through their unions, they controlled the waste hauling business. So you're talking about all this waste that you have to have on construction sites like urinals and all that other stuff, they were going to get the contract on that. They also moved a lot of the debris that was there as well. So Lucchese crime family was pretty much involved in construction and controlled the union, and they kept that in their own pocket. The concrete was something additional that would cut everybody over $2 million. They would each get, or the respective families would get their cut. Now, today, or that era, the other construction control are uh, the bricklayers. You had, of course, concrete we talked about the Carpenters Union, 
all of this is going to be controlled. Windows, um, you name it. If it became a specialty in construction, then Costa Nostra controlled it. So the concrete club would literally turn into the construction club because every boss wanted a piece of it. Now, in this specific instance that we talk about the concrete business, Ralph Scopo was the one picked, but it could have gone to drywall and now it's no longer Ralph Scopo soldier. It, it might be going to Sammy Gravano that later on would become a capo and an underboss and stuff like that because he was into drywall. So just to give you uh, an idea, didn't matter your position if that specific entity, the concrete club or the drywall club, gave you the wink and the nod, you had to make sure that each participating family got their cut. So construction was big. Construction could not be dominated without control of the unions. So one of the families that had the most control over the unions was the Lucchese crime family. Their man by the name of Johnny Dio, and we're going to get to him sooner or later, was very big in controlling unions. He was right out of central casting. And this would give Tony, not Tony, excuse me, uh, Tommy Lucchese, I was thinking of Fat Tony, but Tommy Lucchese, it would give him a huge empire in the Lucchese crime family because they were in a very good position to control anything. So this is one reason why the Concrete Club was created because double dipping in a project was a little bit more difficult if everybody had to get the same percentage on anything over $2 million. So you couldn't just flex your muscle, oh, I control garbage, I control this. You know, you were going to get your end on your route and nothing to do with uh, what everybody else was getting paid in the construction over $2 million. Is it, does it exist today? To some small, small extent, maybe not concrete, maybe it's only carpenters, maybe it's welders, but I can almost rest assured that Costro Nultra still controls some aspect of construction. Why? Because it makes a lot of money. And it's unionized in the Northeast, specifically New York City. Now, would that have the same amount of clout or power in Florida? No. Because Florida is a free what they call a free working state where you don't need to join a union. And as a result, not some people are not union people. Now, of course, the docks and the shipping yards and all that are different. They are Teamster unions, and they are controlled. The ones down in South Florida, at least back in the 80s and 90s, were controlled by the 
Genovese crime family. And those uh, control of that, the pier or the ports in South Florida go way back to maybe the 40s or 50s when the Genovese family had taken over that entity. So the concrete business with a simple procedure of six companies that poured concrete, they made it that one of the six, of course, on probably in some type of rotating wheel would be the winner of the bid. The bid, regardless if it was over $2 million, the families were going to get broke off. And if it was a billion dollars, they were all going to get broke off their 2% of the cost. The participating families would be Colombo, Gambino, Genovese, and Lucchese because the Bananos were placed on timeout. Now, the Lucchese crime family, they had interesting people that controlled construction. One of them was their underboss, and we will have an episode on him. His name is Stefano Lasali, and he was the underboss of the Lucchese crime family from 1951, <clears throat> excuse me, to 1972. And he controlled, he was a very low, under-the-radar type of boss. He was well-renowned for his knowledge of Costa Nostra. So he was well-respected as a result of that. And one of the industries that he controlled from the word go was construction because it made him money. Uh, other Lucchese crime family members, uh, articles that were found for this interview going back to October 15, 1970, New York Times, and it demonstrated uh, certain individuals in the Lucchese crime family that were a part of construction, sometimes concrete, sometimes something else. Remember, the concrete union was controlled by the Columbos, and their representative was a soldier in the Colombo crime family, Ralph Scopo. But through the control of the Garmin Truck, Truckmen's Association, the Lucchese crime family would control a lot of what would go on in and out of Manhattan. And their guy was a guy by the name of Uncle Jimmy Doyle, Plomeri, and he was the uncle of Johnny Deal that we discussed. And through that union and other unions, they would start to really control the construction. The captains of the couple of regimes from the crazy crime family that were big in construction were two. One was Dominic Trucello, and the other was Joseph Tangoria. They both controlled for a good while that entity of construction. A soldier by the name of Joseph Datello was also very well known in constructions, as well as an associate by the name of Joseph 
and he had his own company, Joseph Martinelli. He could he had his own company, but he was an associate member of the Lucchese crime family, so that would give the Lucchese crime family a lot of openings. And uh, even in recent boss history of the Lucchese crime family, Stephen Sira, he would uh, also control construction. So the Lucchese crime family really flies underneath the radar when it comes to construction. I think um, the Gambinos and they were a little bit too boisterous putting their uh, name out there on specific rackets of uh, construction that everybody knew about, as well as the Genovese family, same thing. They controlled the Carpenters Union, and they probably still do today, and that was well known. So again, a family could control a specific union would give them a much bigger lead into construction. Formulating the club and in this case, the construction, the concrete club, the participating families would gain 2% of whatever the job was going for, guaranteed, regardless of what union you had in your pocket. Here are some of the locals that the Lucchese crime family controlled that would help them out in construction. Local 295 Air Freight, Local 805, the vending machine. Local 102, the ladies' garment. Local 172, these are all Teamster locals, uh, butchers. Local 405, retail clerks, union auto workers. And the United Federation of Labor, bakery, AFL-CIO, and the Master Trucker Association garment. And... You know, you say, well, not a lot of that has to do with construction. No, it doesn't. But if um, a, a, another family controlled a specific construction project, they would make deals from other entities that they controlled as well. So construction is not as big today as it was back then, but nevertheless, it still is a moneymaker for La Costa Nostra. Up next, Stataco 2011. It's that gun. It's a beautiful gun. That's from $2,000 to $3,900. Would you spring for that amount? If your wife's not listening, you can whisper like Joe. Say And it's a big ticket item. We are going to discuss how smooth it shoots the either stupidity or intelligence in purchasing one. How people are actually buying these Staccato 2011s off the shelf, regardless of the price tag. And they're known as 2011s because they're a copy of the 1911 frame, which is Pistol Pete's favorite gun. And uh, these are the 2011s because they're created for modern times. Some people like 2011s. Some people say they're knockoffs. They're not really good. 
But the Stataco 2011, we'll discuss in episode 253 on September 15th. Now let's close it up with the word of the week. From the book of Jeremiah, chapter 48, verse 47, it says, Yet I will restore the fortunes of Moab in the last day. This is the Lord's declaration. The judgment on Moab ends here. You can get more information on this on the AWOL series. We're going to start pumping those out and especially in Season 5. As always, it is my honor and pleasure to be your host on Radio Cop Podcast. If you continue to pray for yourself, then we have a game. Continue to pray for your family, your community, the law enforcement agencies that serve you, and most importantly, continue to pray for the United States of America. This is Alpha Mike, and I'm out. Three, two, three. Four, three, two, three, two, three, 